Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. I want to welcome our online viewers and those that are listening on our podcast. Hope Covenant, would you put your hands together? Welcome our online viewers, those that are listening on our podcast. It's an honor to have you with us. We say this every week. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, we encourage you to stop on by. We'll make you feel right at home. So this message, Understanding Spiritual Warfare, this is a very serious message. So I want to ask everybody to just go ahead and buckle up this morning because we're going to get into the Word of God. I believe it's very serious, but how many of you know there's joy in the presence of the Lord? So we're going to touch joy this morning. I believe God's going to touch hearts. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we welcome you. We ask you, Lord, that your Word would speak to us and convict us and change us, that we would leave this room different. Father, we don't want to leave this room the same, and we don't want to just look at today's service as just another service, but Lord, that this is a divine encounter with you to speak to us about some things that you want to do in and through us. Father, you've designed every person here to walk in authority, to carry your spirit, to carry your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning, and we ask you to speak to us and that you would increase the anointing in every person here that we would carry you in a new and a special way. Father, we ask for an outpouring of your revelation and your spirit this morning in Jesus' name. We declare that if you believe that and that bears witness with you, shout amen. Amen. Now, I want you to look at my blue eyes this morning and understand this. If you're here and you're dealing with anything, any obstacle, any depression, any anxiety, anything you're dealing with, we're going to break that off today in Jesus' name. And you are going to leave different because in this room, we don't believe in just being a hearer of the word, but being a doer of the word and being activated with the power of Holy Spirit that you would leave here and carry that out. Because how many of you know, you can't fulfill the great commission without the Holy Spirit. You with me? Now I need y'all to shout me down and the louder you amen is the quicker I'll preach. Deal? (laughs) Now I want to share with you a little joke this morning because it is a serious message and I, I like to give everybody a little humor. It's just part of who I am. So there was this guy who came up to this pastor he said, Pastor, listen, I, I struggle with a spirit of gluttony. And uh, I just, I catch myself constantly overeating and, and I, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to stop eating. And Pastor said, well, I'll speak to that spirit and I'll cast it out of you. And if you're willing and, and you want this, we'll get some deliverance in this area. And he said, okay. And so the pastor spoke over him and he said, I just command that spirit of gluttony to come out. And the pastor heard the spirit actually talk to him. And he said, I'll come out for a cookie. It's a true story. No, I'm joking. It's not a true story. (laughs) Okay, that was funny. Whether you laughed at it or not, I'm going to laugh for you. Come back, Jesus. Come back, Holy Spirit. But understanding spiritual warfare. Listen, today I'm going to discuss this topic. If this is a new concept for you, it's very prevalent in the Bible. It's it's something you can read about throughout the Bible. Um, Unfortunately, as the church, we've backed away from talking about these things because it can get messy. 
What I mean by that is there are spirits that are in operation that can be carried, and I believe sometimes that's on the pastor that wants to avoid the subject of spiritual authority because how many of you know that when you're in the presence of the Lord, things are revealed? And that's a good thing. We want that. We want that because we want to walk close to Jesus and we want to be pure and we want to be holy. We want to be washed of things that shouldn't be there so we could be free. But there's a battle that's going on between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the dark world. There's a battle. We have a battle between the kingdom of, of righteousness, the kingdom of unrighteousness is another way to say that. And the Bible describes that there are three different heavens, and I want to teach you. This is a little teachy-preachy. I'm going to go back and forth. But I want to teach you and equip you with this. It's important that you have an understanding so you know what you're carrying. And the first heaven, three different heavens the Bible describes. The first heaven, this is where the sun and the stars and the clouds are. And then there's a second heaven, which is what we want to talk about today. And that is where the Bible describes it describes it as the heavenlies or the spiritual heavenlies. And this is where there's spiritual activity. This is where the righteousness versus demonic activity is going on. There's a fight that's going on for people's lives. And there's spiritual battles that are taking place in the second heavenlies that we're going to focus on today. And then there's the third heaven which is where God is, and this is where we'll spend eternity with God, okay? So three heavens, first heaven, second heaven, third heaven. But today, let's focus on the second heaven. And I want to take a really complex topic. I was just sharing a joke about uh, come out for a cookie. I want to put the cookies on the bottom shelf so everybody can understand this. Everybody can have one today. Everybody good? Everybody want a cookie? <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. One of the scriptures that best describes spiritual warfare in the Bible, I love this verse in Ephesians 6, and I'm going to read uh, verses 10 to 17. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How many of you know it's his power, not ours? Okay, when you're operating in the supernatural, that's the power of the Lord. It's not yours. Never get the two confused. That's what got Satan kicked out of heaven. That's pride. You don't want that. Okay? But put on, everybody say, I got to put on. The full armor of God. This is telling us that we need to put this on and get ready for battle. So that you can stand against the devil's schemes. So this is telling you that you are going to be engaged in a battle. Okay? This, and this is how you fight. This is how you do it is what this is saying. And then it goes on to describe that you, you, you have a struggle, but it's not with people. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not your neighbor. It's not your boss. It's not the government. But for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, and notice the language here, rulers. Notice these are all authority figures here in, in scripture. They're all authority structures. Rulers against the authorities against the powers of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil. And here is the second heavens in the heavenly realms. You guys catching that? Okay. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that, not if, but when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm. You need to put this on with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and then notice all those were defensive. 
But here's the offensive. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's a good place to say amen. Now, I can promise you that there is a dark day that will come where you will need to be equipped and have your armor on. My mom used to, when we were kids, we would go, uh, we, we, were, we went to Christian school, and we'd have our little uniforms on, we'd be sitting in the car, and mom's probably listening, by the way, hey mom, shout out, my parents, they went to a conference in Dallas, and Pastors Gary and Cindy, they'll be back next week, They're, they didn't leave the church or anything, we're good. Um, I hope not, anyway. Um, I need y'all, come home soon, please. But mom would, we would get up in our, our Christian school uniforms, it was very, we, I grew up in a very militant household, uh, my mom was in a military household growing up, and so, and she was actually in New York. For those of you who don't know, she was a New York City court officer. Uh, and she, mom's tough, um, but how many of you know she's sweet as pie? She's like a chocolate-covered espresso bean. She's sweet on the outside <laughs> and strong in the middle. But she would do this as kids so that we understood. She would have us every morning, we would put on the full armor of God. So she would go over each one of these pieces with us, and she would explain them to us. So we kind of felt like spiritual G.I. Joes on the way to school. I want you to know you got to put on the full armor of God daily. And that's what she was instructing. She was instilling this in us as kids, and I loved it. But let me give you another verse that this gives you additional context on spiritual warfare. Second Corinthians actually ramps it up more. It's an additional term. Paul calls it a stronghold. Jesus calls it a strong man. Same thing. Jesus teaching on this is found in Luke 11. So if you're note takers and you want to read deeper on this, write down Luke 11 and read it. Jesus describes a strong man there. But Paul says it like this in second Corinthians 10 verses three to five. For we live in the world. We do not wage war as the world does. But the weapons we fight with, and I want to ask you, are you fighting in the spiritual realm today? The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So you've got to understand that when you carry the sword of the spirit, you can demolish strongholds. That you have power that's given to you by God that you should be carrying as a Christian. I want to give you the original, how many of you know the New Testament is written in Greek? Old Testament is written in Hebrew. There's Aramaic kind of in there a little bit, but that's generally speaking, Old Testament Hebrew, New Testament Greek. So I I like to go back to the Greek words and the Hebrew words, and I'm reading New Testament Greek, Old Testament Hebrew. I like to describe this so we really get the understanding of what this is saying. So the Greek word for stronghold is called akoroma. I believe I'm saying that right. I'm not a scholar, but this, this describes, it's, it's, it's something, if you ever watched how an elephant is trained, an elephant, they'll put chains around the ankles of an elephant to train it where to stay. And then in a circus, they could actually tie a rope around an elephant's ankle and it still thinks it's the chain. It still thinks it's stuck. Still th now that elephant could break through that rope in two seconds, but it thinks it's a chain. So that's basically what it describes, the Greek word akorama, and it means stronghold. That's the Greek word for that. But what it describes when you read about it is it's something you think you're stuck in, but you're not really. Wow. There's amazing revelation when you look at that. 
Strongholds can be broken. So, so what do we do if we have a stronghold? Maybe it's a family curse or a demonic lie, something that's keeping you in bondage. Perhaps it's something in your life that's been spiritually holding you back that you've been struggling to break through. Now, let's go to verse 5. We said the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish, I love this term, arguments. I love this language. We demolish arguments. And, and I love that because it's like the enemy's convinced you. He's arguing with you about this. He's convinced you that you have this going on. And, and maybe you do that it's an operation, but it's how many of you know it's a lie? So I love that. It, it, it's an argument or literally a lie or pretension. It says in every pretension, everything that is set, setting you up against what God has said about you, that sets itself against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus. That's why I encourage you to know the image that God created as a son or as a daughter, because the enemy, he'll try to lie to you about that. You got to know who you are. When we sang that word, that song, Champion, you are my champion. I love that song because it's literally declaring what God says about us. And the enemy will always try to lie to you. He'll, well, you're overweight. You're not beautiful. And so what I do is I look in the mirror because I, I know I ate a lot of bread when I was at dinner the other night. <laughs> I look in the mirror and I say, I'm created in the image of Christ Jesus. Because that's the word of God. See, that's the sword. You see in the practical application there? So when the enemy comes and lies. And I encourage you, when the enemy tries to lie, and, and when he does things in secret, you shout it out loud and call him out on it. Because yes. he'll try to whisper little things in the background that try to bind you, that stronghold. And you go, no, 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 you're a liar. Liar. Pants on fire. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. Call him out. So the definition, another definition of a stronghold, a prisoner locked up by deception. What's deception? Something about you that's not true. A prisoner locked up by deception, a stronghold. In other words, you can't break through this. That elephant that's tied by a rope could break through, snap that rope like that. You got an elephant versus a little tiny rope. In, in, in spiritual terms, picture you're, you're tied by a piece of dental floss. Think about it. Think about it. You have the power to break through that. So a stronghold is bondage, but it's not truth. We have authority to break through every stronghold in the name of Jesus. Another definition of a stronghold, anything that exalts itself in our minds, pretending to be bigger or more powerful than our God. Pretending, counterfeit, not true, fake news. Can I say that? But if you came to church and you're depressed, if you came and you've got anxiety and you're struggling and when you were worshiping, you started to feel the joy of the Lord, that's called warfare. When you praise, I want to tell you this, so much better than kicking the devil in the shins and running, because you're not supposed to do that, okay? So much better than kicking him in the shins though and talking to the devil, you start magnifying the Lord, you'll notice strongholds will start breaking off of you. Let me give you a verse to make that legal. Is that cool? So praising and worshiping God is your greatest form of spiritual warfare. I need you to know that. That's why the Bible says it's a garment of praise for a spiritual uh, spirit of heaviness. A garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Why? Because depression hates when you praise. It's a spirit. 
and it hates when you praise. When you start worrying, you go, bless the Lord, all my soul, or Jira, you are enough. You go your checkbook, you Jira, you are enough. Some of you are logging on your bank app right now. Jira, you are enough. <laughs> and I won't be, <laughs> we'll, we'll let it go, we'll let it go. But Psalms 149, verse 6. Everybody read this with me. Is this on the screen? Psalms 149, verse 6. Let the praises, read this with me. Let the praises of God be in their mouths and sharp sword in their hands. We'll personify that in my mouth. You walk around and you start praising God, you are literally doing spiritual warfare. Yeah, but isn't that just too simple? Uh, you know what? The word of God is just really simple. The, the issue isn't the complexity of the word. The issue is the application of the word for us. Because that means you break through how you feel. When you wake up and you don't feel like getting out of bed in the morning because you're dealing with depression, Jara, you are enough. Break every chain, break every chain. I thank you, Jesus, you're good. I thank you for the joy. You start, you, listen, you make up songs. I thank you for your joy. I thank you, Holy Ghost, that you're rescuing me right here when I don't feel like getting out of bed. And I hear the voice of the Lord say, get your big toe and put it out of bed. Just start with your big toe. Poke it out of the sheets. Oh, you feel that air? No, I'm just joking. But for everyone who gets freaked out about spiritual warfare and the devil, Jesus said this about the devil, because I know this sounds like spooky stuff, but it's really very real. Jesus said this in John 8, you belong to your father and you want to carry out your father's desires. This is referring to the devil. He, the devil, was and is a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. Everybody say there's no truth in him liar when he lies he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies jesus is saying here that the devil is a liar and that's all that he'll ever be when we believe a lie we empower the liar when you start to believe word curses that are spoken over you anybody ever had something that was spoken over you you go mm, lies lies that's why i encourage parents never call your kids stupid never be condescending with them because when we believe a lie or when they believe a liar a, a lie we empower the liar we've got to be careful with the words of our mouth the bible talks about blessing and cursing and the power of life and death that's in the tongue y'all got to be careful we're living in a day and an hour where the enemy's not playing games we don't need to be playing games either so when we believe a lie, we empower the liar. A major part of spiritual warfare is exposing that thing that we are warring against, that it's a fake news lie. Yes. And fear is a perfect example. I want to tell you all a story. So a, a, about a week ago, Liz went away on a business trip. She left me home alone. And, and I'm not ever, like, I don't, I love being alone. It's, it's, and the older I'm getting is the more I starfish in the bed. It's amazing. Jesus is there. We, you know, we, I encounter the Lord. I love my wife, but I love those moments too. And she does too. She was in the hotel. She had all the pillows stacked up. She's like, look at me. And, but 
I went into the shower. It's always the shower that I start to like ruminate if I'm not praying and start thinking about things. And there was demonic lies. And I literally, I, I felt fear coming against me. I mean, massive fear. And I went, what is this? I, I opened my shower curtain, grabbed my towel, not to give you a picture. And I said, devil, you get out of my house in Jesus name. You stop lying to me. I went, this is irrational and this is stupid. This is a lie. I put on some worship music. I started worshiping in my towel. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not trying to give y'all a picture, but I'm just saying I had my little toga and I was like, let's go, Lord. And that spirit left my house. I'm trying to be real with y'all that it's going to hit you in moments when you least expect it because that's a lie. That's what lies do. And you got to immediately take action. Don't start thinking about it. Don't start dwelling on it. But take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus. So symptoms of a stronghold, in case you're wondering if you're struggling with one, it'll steal your focus. It'll cause you to feel controlled like an addiction. It might be an addiction. It will consume your emotional energy. It will distract you from your purpose. And it robs us of the life that God intended for us. So what do we do about a stronghold in your life? And I want you all the note takers to take notes on this because I want to give you three lists. And don't worry, it's not that long. But three lists of three things to do to be successful in spiritual warfare. You ready? Here's list one. Three realities you need to believe if you want to be successful about spiritual warfare. So I want to give you three different beliefs. And the first one is you need to identify that the devil's real. I shared this a prayer on Thursday night that 60% of Christians today don't believe that there's a literal devil. Think about that. If you don't believe there's a literal devil, I want to know where sickness comes from. I want to know where fear comes from. I want to know where anxiety comes from. I want to know where all this comes from. It's demonic. Period. End of story. And you cannot be successful in spiritual warfare if you don't identify righteousness and unrighteousness, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of darkness, God and the devil. You have to identify those and know that they're real. The devil's a fallen angel. He's real. If you don't believe that the devil is real, you can't fight off his attacks. But in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, 14, it says, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. So there's deception right there. He pretends that he's an angel. So all these things that you're seeing where Satan is portrayed as a, as a, as a demonic-looking figure, you need to know he masquerades as an angel. That was his former position in heaven. Former. He's unemployed now. We're going to talk about that. The devil got himself kicked out of heaven as a result of pride. The devil was actually the worship leader. That was his position. He had a, a very, very, very key position in heaven. But he thought he was at one point was pretending he was better than God. And that pride got him kicked out of heaven. By the way, it happened very quickly. And I'll, we'll read about that. This is what happened in Revelation 12 verses 7 to 9. Then war broke out in heaven. <laughs> Michael and his angels fought against this dragon. This is referring to the devil. And the dragon and his angels fought back. And this is the key line in this next verse to understand. But he was not, everybody say was not, was not. strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. 
the great dragon was hurled down in that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads this world astray. That's key to know. He was hurled down to the earth and his angels with him. So the first one, we got to identify that the devil's real. The second is that the devil's goal is to destroy you. You might not like to think about that, that the devil likes to destroy me, but it doesn't make him go away. You ignoring this fact doesn't make it go away. Fact, it can lead to deception. There's power in the name of Jesus. But I want to say this. In John 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. The third one, the devil responds to a higher authority. The devil has some power, but there is a name that's above him, and that's the name of Jesus. Aren't you grateful for that? I love that. It's like, ha, you got, you're unemployed. Don't try to come at me. First John 4, 4. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. We don't need to be afraid because Jesus is greater than the devil. The name of Jesus is a higher authority. That's why I explained to you when you start to deal with a spirit of fear that comes at you, how do we war against this? Just declare the name of Jesus. That's his boss. Just call the boss. I, I, I dealt with an issue the other day at a store, and I asked to speak to the manager. Asked to speak to the manager. Jesus, I'm going to the manager with this one. You're the higher authority. I'm declaring that. And how many of you know you can immediately declare his name and that's it. You have authority. So list two is three weapons that are at your disposal. And I want to arm you with this. The first one is the name of Jesus. The name that's above every other name. Luke 10 verses 17 to 19. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Remember, I told you it happened quick. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Everybody say nothing will harm me. Yeah, the name of Jesus is it's your shield. Nothing can harm you. De- can't touch this. Nah, 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 nah. That's the name of Jesus right there. Nothing will harm you. Philippians 2 verse 10. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. In other words, in hell. And the second is you have the blood of Jesus. That's the other weapon that's at your disposal. Revelation 12, verse 11, they overcame him. This is referring to the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Aren't you grateful for the cross? Now I'm going to be doing a series coming up because some of you might go, okay, that one I have questions about this blood of Jesus thing. The blood of Jesus, why are some people healed and some people not healed? We're going to do a whole series about this and I'm going to explain to you. Okay. Because this topic has a lot of people really wondering, like, what's going on here? And again, I've explained to some of you, some of you have even heard me at funerals say that sometimes the miracle looks different. We're going to go there. I'm going to do a whole series about it. And that's coming up soon. But the blood of Jesus is something that is very powerful. It's very real. And that I, I don't like the song, that song, you're never going to let, never going to let me down. I, I, I agree that the Lord doesn't let us down. But let me tell you something. In my will, he does. There are times where in my will, I'm disappointed. God has let me down in my will because how many of you know his will is greater? 
And I don't like that because what we interpret when we sing that song as in this generation is that he's Burger King God. I can have it my way. Yeah. Eh, wrong answer. Yeah. No, this is about this world is about submitting my will to his. And I'm explaining this to you because that's key in warfare that you understand when we're warring, it's God, your kingdom come, your will be done. I'm so intense today. So the blood of Jesus. And then the third one is the word of God. I explained to you about the sword. This is the sword. This is the, the only offensive thing in the armor that you have. And this is, it's the only thing you need. The word of God. When Jesus was here on earth, check this out. This will blow your mind. He was tempted by the devil, and all three times he was tempted in the Bible, he defeated the enemy by quoting the word of God. Jesus used the word of God to, to overcome the enemy. If Jesus, how many of you know our goal is to be more like Jesus? So all three times he quoted the word. This is good theology right here for you to know. Why do we use it? Well, Jesus did it. When he was here on earth and it worked for Jesus, it'll work for you. Even Jesus quoted scripture as, an, as a weapon against the enemy. That was his weapon of warfare. And this is why as your pastor, I'm asking you to press into the word of God daily. Because the more you press into the word of God, it's the more authority you come out with. That's why it's so key that you start your day with your sword in your hands. Like devil, I ain't playing games today. I don't need nobody got time for that. So the word of God, the Bible, is a weapon that empowers us with victory over darkness. In John 8, 31 to 32, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So I want to encourage you to quote scripture out loud against the lies. You know, there's a verse for that. There, there's a verse for that. You come up with a, like no weapon formed up against me shall prosper. Devil, you're a liar. The word says every knee will bow and every tongue will. You start quoting scripture out loud against the enemy. And you will notice that your mind will get clearer. There will be peace that will come. You declare the blood of the cross that is really active. And the Holy Spirit that is really active. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means his power is still here in the earth. Can I get an amen? And Jesus said this in John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. The word of God will set you free. The word of God has power. And then this is the last list, list three, three things that you need to do every day. Now, I want you to really listen here. And if you're taking notes, this is the crux of it. This is the, we, we, we just, I just armed you with information and the power that's accessible. And now here's things you need to activate. So this is your homework assignment, these last three right here, that you need to make sure you're doing. I don't care if you've been saved for 40 years. This is a good reminder. It's always good. And how many of you know you could read the same scripture 400 times and still get more revelation out of it? That's the power of the word of God. So list three, three, three things you need to do every day. Number one is commit and submit yourself to God. Listen, that sounds easy until the rubber meets the road. But I want to say this, that your authority with the devil is only as strong as your relationship with God. Your authority with the devil is only as strong as your relationship with God. 
That's why this conversation is ridiculous about, well, is it once saved, always saved? So I can sin. Yeah, I mean, look, I I don't know where y'all stand on all that. And and to be honest with you, I don't get into that argument. But what I can tell you is you might be a Christian, but do you walk in authority? I don't want to just get in and call myself a Christian name by association. I want to walk in authority. I want my shadow to heal the sick. I want to lay hands on the girl that's that's across from me at Starbucks as my barista that's struggling with depression and say, depression, get out of her in Jesus' name and see her set free. We've got a generation that is sick of hearing about God. They want you to introduce me to the man. He's real. He's here. We've got a generation that's so sick and tired of religion. They don't want dead religion. They want a living God. I'm shouting. Y'all have me yelling. (laughs) But your authority with the devil is only as strong as your relationship with God. You need to stay under God's covering. You need to stay submitted to God's authority and God's ways. You need to stay under his lordship. I talk about this all the time. Everybody wants a God who saves us, but now he starts telling me what to do. Now the rubber meets the road. An authority in my life. It's like the person who tells me, Pastor Adam, listen, I'm struggling with this addiction. I want accountability. And I call them up and their phone rings and I get the voicemail. Or I text them and I get ghosted. Love you, millennials. You guys are awesome at that. You said you wanted accountability. And I wonder if God's up there saying, you said you wanted to walk in my authority. But you won't submit to my word and the things that are in my word. And then you go, I don't know why I don't have power. It's because your authority with the devil is only as strong as your relationship with God and your submission to his lordship. I'm preaching better than y'all are yelling at me, but that's fine. But God's lordship and his authority go hand in hand. James 4, verses 7 to 8, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I want to read that again a little bit slower. Submit yourselves to God, that's lordship. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Notice it starts with submit yourselves to God. Because if you're not submitted to God, how can he flee from you if you've got no authority? Oh, we want to skip over his lordship. Lord, I want, I want your authority, but I, well, you know, I want to just take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. I want to give the Bible my own little twist and my own little interpretation. That's called deception. And you lose authority when you do that. I'm, this is scripture. Don't argue with me. Argue with the word. And the second statement in that verse, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The second statement in this verse can't happen without the first one. The second thing is close any open doors. We can't do that when we leave a crack in the door to demonic activity. We got to seal the crack to demonic activity. In, in 1 Corinthians, Paul had to rebuke and, and discipline this immoral person, and then this dude repented. And then in the second letter, this is 2 Corinthians, the church was having a hard time after this guy. He had gotten rebuked and, and dismissed, and, and, and they were having a hard time letting him back into the fold. And Paul is saying, you need to get over this and, and accept this dude back in fellowship in 2 Corinthians 2, verses 10 to 11. Any, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, 
If there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. So what he's saying is you need to let this guy back into the fold in order that Satan might not outwit us for we are not unaware of his schemes. Why am I saying that when I'm talking about authority and and closing any doors so that we can have authority? I talked last week, did a whole message on unforgiveness. Do you know that unforgiveness is a crack in the door where if you're not forgiving, you literally can lose authority. You just, I just read it. You don't want to be unaware of the devil's schemes. So a crack in the door for you might be unforgiveness. Check yourself. I love this one, Ephesians 4, verses 26 to 27. And this is an outro, amen. If you anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So married couples, y'all better resolve it before the sun goes down. Yeah, all this, all this nonsense about leaving the house and waiting until the next day, that's not what scripture says. And if you've done it, repent and you'll be forgiven and he'll wash it. But don't do it again. Let's learn from that because you lose authority when you get into an argument and you let the sun go down and you're, don't do that. Married couples, I'm real, I'm, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but don't do that. Resolve it. Even if you're agreeing to disagree and it's four in the morning and you're, Liz and I have stayed up till five in the morning. It's been awesome. We're exhausted. We don't feel like talking about it anymore. I don't even know what we're arguing about anymore. I just know I'm right. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Y'all you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I've literally forgot. What are we arguing about again? Oh, I just know I'm right. You know, whatever. And she looks at me and goes, yeah. It's awesome. Don't let the sun go down in your anger. Y'all are all knowing exactly what I'm talking about right now. But we need to ask God to show us any cracks in the windows where the enemy can get in and create issues. I debated whether I was going to say this or not, and I really prayed about it. Should I say it? Should I say it? Y'all ask for it, so don't get mad at me. Halloween. You need to do your research on the origins of Halloween and where it comes from. It's a satanic holiday. You go, should my kids be trick-or-treating? Do the research. I'm not going to tell you what to do. We don't do that at this church. But I'm going to point to scripture. I'm going to point to righteousness. And I'm going to say, you need to really pray about whether that's a holiday you should be engaged in. And I want to give you a story just so you understand. I had a a couple last year. Their kid was dealing with terrible, terrible fear, terrible fear. And they came to me and they said, well, I don't know why my kids, we prayed with them. I don't know what's going on. And we walked back and we talked with the kid and, and prayed with the kid. And it turns out that it went back to a door that was let in in Halloween. Listen, it's a demonic holiday. We don't want to play games because the devil's not playing games. And I want to encourage you. I'm not telling you what to do, but do your research. If you have more questions, you can ask Liz and I. We're happy to walk. I'm not going to do a whole message on it. I'm happy to walk you through it, but you need to make sure that you seal the cracks. Because you do not want kids dealing with a spirit of fear, and you don't want them fraternizing with those things. You don't want that. Ephesians 5 verse 11 is the verse that makes that legal. It says, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I just did. Expose them and have nothing to do with it. You go, well, we're just playing around. We're just dressing up. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness. 
Guys, I can give you some statistics of some things that happen on Halloween night that would boggle your mind. Go to any foster care and adoption agency and they'll tell you it's a, it's a nasty night for kids. Kids that are sacrificed, literally. It's a satanic holiday. We're going to have nothing to do with it. The third one is confront the enemy in prayer. And I'm wrapping up. It doesn't have to be loud, but it has to be active. So I want to encourage you with this, that you don't have to shout down the devil necessarily. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you raising your voice. You get passionate. You see me do it every Sunday. But that's not, you, it's the word of God that you're quoting that has power, not the volume of your voice. You understand me? Yes. But you need to war in prayer and bind the devil in his lies. Bind the devil's lies over your family and in your workplace. Listen, Christianity isn't passive, it's active. You got to activate this stuff. You got to live it. You got to do it. If I told you that someone was coming tonight to rob your house in the middle of the night, and you're a dad or you're a mom, I really highly doubt that you're just going to go to sleep and go, ah, whatever, you know what? No, no, you're going to be sitting at the door with your two friends, Smith and Wesson. That's what you're going to be doing. And I want to tell you, if I if I'm tell you right here that the devil's going, he's there to rob and kill and destroy, I think you need to grab the word of God, which is your spiritual Smith and Wesson, and put the bullets in the chamber. That's I just armed you with it and start to use that thing and start pulling the trigger. First Peter 5, and I'm wrapping up right here, verses 8 to 9. I went a little longer today. I don't care. First Peter 5, verses 8 to 9. It says, be alert and be sober-minded. In other words, take this seriously. And, and, and don't get sleepy on the job. Don't go to sleep. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But I love this. Resist him standing firm in faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. No, it doesn't say run for your life. It says resist him. Take out your sword. Resist him and he will flee. He will. It doesn't say maybe. Resist him with the word and he will flee. Remember that no weapon formed up against you can prosper. It's time to be alert. It's time to resist the devil. We have the victory. We have the authority, but it's time to walk in it. I had somebody ask me the other day, she said, should I ask the Lord for authority? I said, no, you already have it. Just walk in it. You already have it. You don't have to ask for it. When you accept Jesus and you submit to his lordship, you have the authority. You, you need to start going to the target, to, to, the, to the range. And start exercising and wielding your sword. Start, start practicing. And start doing it. I want every person here to understand as a Christian, you are given authority. You're equipped. Do it. Step out. Step out. Start calling the enemy out and saying, not anymore. And then leave it there and start praising God and watch him do the fight for you because our fight is not against flesh and blood. What does that mean? When Liz or, or I get angry at Liz, we're dealing with the spirit. It's not the person. So we need to go, are you angry, baby? Let's grab hands. Let's pray. What does scripture say about this? 
There's a scripture for that. Let's close, every eye closed in this. Actually, every eye open. Let's do that. Let's be bold. We're, we're talking about being warriors. Let's every eye open. Hand me if you can say you've got some warfare going on in your life right now. I want you to lift your hand. Unashamed, I want you to like lift your hand. That's every hand in this place. You got some things going on. You, maybe you got some fear. You got some anxiety. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what it is, whether it's depression, fear, anxiety, whatever it is that's coming against you. And I want you right now, just out loud, say, in Jesus' name, I take authority over you. Just say that out loud. In Jesus' name, let your ears hear it. Let the enemy hear it. In Jesus' name, I take authority over you. Father, I thank you that we're activating a church that walks in authority. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you're not just enough. You're more than enough. And I declare right now that this church, we will rise up and we will walk in authority in Jesus' name. Now, I take authority over every every, every thought of fear, every bit of depression, every, every spirit of grief. And I tell you to go right now. Some of you need to say that right now. I take authority over spirit of grief. And I say no more. I take authority over depression. I say no more. I declare the joy of the Lord. I declare life in Jesus' name. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. Everybody just stand to your feet. I'm going to dismiss. I know I went a little bit longer today. How many of you needed this? Yeah, I needed it. I needed it. If you don't need the word of God, this isn't the church for you. Can I do something that may be a little uncomfortable, but I think it's going to be awesome? Why don't we join hands with the person next to us if you want to stretch across the aisles? There's power in unity and there's power when we join together, when two or three gather in his name. Let's just lift up our voices this morning. Father, I thank you for this family that we call Hope Covenant Church. That's what we are. We're a family. And Lord, right now, as we're joined with with the person next to us, we right now, we declare unity. We declare forgiveness. We declare your power. And Father, I thank you that you're arming and you're empowering a church with your Holy Spirit this morning. That we could be carriers of your spirit, doers of the word. Now just look at the person next to you and say, you're an overcomer. And look at the person who is your second choice and say, you carry authority. (laughs) I love making that awkward for y'all. How many of you know, you, you, we're done. Thank you. You can, you can release that. You guys are like, please, how long do I have to hold this person's hand? I like to call out what you might be thinking. I want you to know that God, I don't want you to just hear this today. God is, he's designed this walk that you would walk in authority. Can we go out and become contagious and do this to the man? If if just a few of you would catch the fire of this, we could change Huntersville. We could change North Carolina. We could change the trajectory of this nation. Can we give God a shout of praise? That's really good. I'm done with baby Christians who are like, oh man, it's so difficult today.
No, you got the power of the word of God. It doesn't have to be difficult. Well, it's dark. Well, be a light. Light penetrates darkness. Jesus, I thank you for, I'm going to shut up now. I thank you for what you're doing in every one of our lives. Lord, that you're waking us up and you're activating us with your authority. Lord, I pray that this would be a tremendous week of walking in victory in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.